Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Valentine's Day to you all, and welcome into another edition of the PHNX D-Bags podcast right here on PHNX. My name, of course, is Derek Montia, occasionally known as your mayor of PHNX. This guy is my vice mayor. He is also always known as the Thunderstick, Jesse Friedman. It's a good thing that Cactus League games don't count. Uh, Diamondbacks last couple days. Not great. Not great. We don't care uh, about that. 9-3 to the A's today. I think it was 14-4 the last time the Diamondbacks played the A's, so... I don't know why you're bringing up bullshit, none of these games matter though, Derek. That's that's the beauty none of the of whole matters. thing. You're right, um, but uh, what does matter is that Zach Gallon was on the mound today for the Arizona Diamondbacks, making his Arizona uh, Spring Cactus League debut. Uh, but of course, this show is brought to you by the fine folks at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Uh, yeah, Zach Gallon wasn't great today, uh, but uh, of course. No. Uh, his outing was really weird. And oh, what, so weird. What would, we ex- what, what, what would we expect from a spring training game with Zach Gallen? Uh, pitch clocks, weirdness, being taken out and brought back in, what, three times? Three times, yeah. yeah. So Zach, Zach Gallen uh, plugging away in the first inning, kind of struggling through a lot of pitches. I think he got into the mid-20s. The Diamondbacks got the bullpen up at that point. Uh, but he finishes the first inning at 27 pitches, comes back out for the second inning, gets the first two outs of the inning, and then the Diamondbacks remove him, put in a reliever. And then you think maybe maybe the start is done. Maybe it's an inning and two-thirds. He was at 40 pitches, I want to say, at that point. He comes back in for the third inning. Hmm. He gets one out, gets taken out from the game. Another reliever comes in to replace him. And you figure at that point, okay, now, now the start it's be done. is done. Yeah. But the start was not done, Derek. He no. comes back out for the fourth inning. <laughs> no. And then Tori Lovello, <laughs> after he walks the first batter of the fourth inning, comes out and removes Zach Gallen from the game for the third time, which was, I don't know, like the optics of that are honestly kind of hilarious. Like, I think everybody knows that uh, there, there's like a, maybe a slight, I don't want to say embarrassment factor necessarily, but like when you're on the mound and you're struggling and your manager comes out to remove you, it's not exactly like, your brightest moment, no, right? No, uh, it's not kind of a spring game, especially like we were talking about yeah. against the Royals lineup. No knock to the guys on the lineup, but you know, of course, there are several guys on on all of these lineups, all these starting lineups that aren't even going to make the major league roster. So, uh, for for these pitchers to struggle at times against you know these these particular guys, again, yeah. they're all quality hitters. They wouldn't be here if they weren't. But it does add, like Jesse said, just a little bit to to the embarrassment factor. You want to go out there and have a good showing. You kind of want to go out there and just deal, considering you know that the they're they're not taking it too seriously either. 
Uh, but yeah, the Diamondbacks haven't been doing so great lately. Uh, Zach Gallen pitched parts of four innings, and he only actually threw two innings in the box score. He wound up ultimately getting six correct. outs. It wasn't a great outing uh, in the box score for Gallen. Three hits, uh, four runs, four walks. There really wasn't anything about it that was all that great. I'm going to be honest. What was the main problem? It seems like control was his main problem. Yeah, he was. And and he told us afterwards that he talked with uh, the home plate umpire about some calls. He felt there were a few pitches that maybe should have been in the zone that were not called that way. Um, But yeah, his command was just a little all over the place. His velocity uh, did dip noticeably throughout the game. First inning, it was mostly 92-93. Comes out for the second inning, 91-92. Um, and I think he, by the time he he came out for the fourth inning, he threw an 88 mile an hour fastball in the fourth mm-hmm. inning. So, um, but it, yeah, it wasn't a huge, crazy drop off. I asked him about it after the game. He wasn't too concerned about that. He thought that, you know, that'll just come with time maintaining the velo uh, deeper into the game. But um, yeah, he didn't seem too concerned about anything. So I guess that's the that's the positive here. We have uh, some words from Zach on on how he felt after the game. Yeah, no, I mean, it felt good to be out there with another uniform out there. Uh, kind of get feel the real thing. But, yeah, I mean, everything felt pretty good. felt like it was coming out of my hand good. Just, you know, obviously some early season just fine-tuning and whatnot. Other than that, it felt pretty good. Uh, Brett Johnson in the comments asked, why did they wait so long to get him some spring games? They actually didn't. He was pitching on, on the back lot. They just didn't have him pitching against uh, opponents in spring training games. I think the idea there is twofold. One, they know Zach Gallon is going to make this team. There's no concern over him not making yeah. this team. So it really is probably more about him not being seen by the opposition too much during spring, Could you know, kind of hiding him a little bit just so that, you know, they don't they they don't get that much information on him. Um, but there's there could also be other reasons. Like it could be just the way they want to control the conditions, which they could do in a backlot game much more. Obviously, like Jesse just described, they can do whatever the hell they want in a spring training game. Bring guys in, bring them out. Can, <laughs> I was wondering, can they even like, add extra outs and stuff like they used to do some of those games? Extra I mean, outs? Yeah, like we want to go another out. Like, you know, some of those. I mean, they, That I haven't seen. They do I think weird they draw shit, the line But there. no, yeah, I think that's more of like, a, you know, the the exhibition games that they play out there. Yeah, but, oh yeah, like, they'll go yeah. crazy on yeah. like backlot games where they'll – you know, send hitters back up for the second time in oh, a row. Yeah. B or, game, you know. the B game with Dre or with uh, Ryan yeah. Nelson, I'm sure was something weird. Like yeah, that. they did actually. Um, yeah, Ryan Nelson did pitch in a B game against the Texas Rangers today, and uh, Tori explained to us. I think it happened this morning. Tori explained to us that the Rangers uh, had some of their big league hitters in that game, and that they cycled the big league hitters to the top for every inning. I believe so. Ryan Nelson saw like. A very odd, uh, it wasn't really a real baseball lineup. He just kind of yeah. kept seeing the same yeah, hitters the same over guys. and over again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Tori kind of described it in a, in a positive light. Uh, Teo Mackey uh, from the Arizona Republic tweeted out the exact pitching line for Ryan Nelson in that game. Two and two-thirds innings, three hits, four runs, six strikeouts, one walk. He threw 38 pitches. So still not, not, a, still not great. Not a great still, line. Still I mean, the good. six strikeouts, I guess, is pretty nice, but... Um, yeah, still not a not an outstanding outing for Ryan Nelson from the box score perspective. And in, in all transparency, Jesse was out at Salt River Fields. Uh, 
Teo was out at a surprise, which I will will not go to. For no, Teo, a, what Teo was out at Salt River. Oh, Field. was he? Yeah, was that- Tori during the pregame press uh, conference, Tori didn't remember off the top of his head what Ryan Nelson's pitching line was. Okay. So Teo must see. Have nobody wanted it, to go to so. surprise. Nobody wanted. To go I mean, to I don't know if media are even allowed to watch B games. Oh yeah, we are. Yeah, are we absolutely. okay? Yeah, All right. Absolutely. See, Derek's but, teaching me about my job wants, right here. Nobody on wants the show. to. Nobody <laughs> wants to. Uh, and another thing uh, is that Jesse was out Salt River Fields while I was. Uh, engaged in a battle between my co-workers <laughs> playing uh, game show games uh, at a wonderful facility here. Uh, it was actually a really cool uh, team building event. And even though my team lost, I'm proud to say I was the MVP of that team. The uh, MVP Damon of the losing team, Derek. I, yeah, Congratulations. I, what, I did my part is all I'm saying. <laughs> I played my part. Uh, Damon can attest to this. He doesn't want to, but he can attest to this. I think both Derek and uh, Owen were both very good for our team. I, yeah, and I, Owen was pretty good. I was particularly Owen, bad. Yeah, and Damon, Damon, was Damon dragged. Yeah, Damon, Damon dragged was God. Max was also pretty terrible. Um, <laughs> they fucking, okay, they asked us, okay, surveyed, uh, which Muppet would you want on your fantasy basketball team? This guy over here is like, Gonzo, Gonzo, Gonzo. He comes with Fozzie Bear. Because everyone else said Fozzie Bear doesn't even have a perimeter game. Let alone can he defend in the post. The fuck are you talking about? Gonzo is a goddamn, he's, he's a stuntman. He would be ejected out of a cannon to dunk the ball constantly throughout the game. And you know it. The chickens would be cheerleaders. It writes itself. Why do I even have to explain this to people? It drives I, me nuts. I know they Gonzo was the right answer. I but, knew it was the right also, answer. But also, isn't Gonzo a bad stuntman? Isn't that like the whole point of What's Gonzo? Po- yeah, like, fine. So like, he's going to get he shot out of that cannon. He blows himself up a lot, yes. And he's going to miss mean, the dunk. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, Mark says it's Gonzo. See, that's me and Mark. We're ooses. And that's the reason. That's why <laughs> oh we gosh. see everything. Um, Are we going to talk about baseball again? No, I also had oh my, my tire explode on the freeway. <laughs> oh, I you want to tell that story about too? my day. I'm not happy. I'm, <laughs> you guys are lucky I'm even here right now. I could be dead with the way that people drive on the I-10. Uh, back to the baseball, I guess. Though. Did you have a worse day than Zach Gallon on the mound? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A push. It's a push because. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Zach Gallon did have a really interesting, uh, kind of incredible play, uh, as Jesse put, a rad play, uh, where during the game, uh, Zach Gallon quick pitched after a timeout. Uh, batter called timeout. Batter right? called so timeout. Batter calls a timeout. Gets back in the box. Zach Gallon was ready the whole time. We've seen a lot of the shenanigans around baseball, and of course, starting pitchers are very much trying to push the envelope and see what they can get away with. And in this case, Gallon was prepped. He was ready, much like we've seen the minute he gets into the box. I think Scherzer did this, right? Yeah. Uh, where he but just, Gallon wasn't trying to pull a Scherzer. That wasn't that wasn't his goal. He just thought the batter was genuinely ready. And he, was he gave him a couple seconds. Gallon was ready. And uh, and it, it worked. Uh, it was got like the he strike got, out. He got a swing and a miss. He got a strikeout. And the umpire told him afterwards, "You act, no, you can't do that. You actually can't do that. Uh, you gotta you gotta give a little bit more time for the hitter to get set." Uh, and so Gallon was confused. I'm confused. I'm confused. We're all confused. Why didn't he call it? Like I thought that was what spring training was for. Is this like a grace period? Yeah, kind of I, thing? I, I mean, don't know. I don't call know. It in the moment? I mean, maybe, I mean, umpires make mistakes, right? Maybe the umpire realized afterwards that that's something that should have been called so right he was away. So trying to give Gallon that information. Trying to like, Gallon I didn't call it, but that, Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. Gallon actually has a bit of an explanation, or maybe not. Maybe I he's tried. just as confused as we are. <laughs> he called time, and I didn't realize, like, did he call time? Like, I was, like, not paying attention, and then stepped out, got back in the box, and, like, I'm not changing the pitch. 
so I just came set. I thought he looked at me for like a good second and a half, two seconds, which I, don't, I mean, I guess three seconds is like the time when you're, I don't know. And I'm like, okay, seems ready to go, pitch. And then he says something to, to Bruce about it. And then he's like, you're not allowed to do that. Like, so my question just was like, what is the actual, it seems like a gray area. There's no like, you gotta wait until five seconds in or 10 seconds in or whatever. So I don't know, I feel like a lot of guys on both sides are gonna, you know, that's going to be interesting to see how that goes. So you weren't, sorry, you weren't trying to, like, pull one over on him. No, I mean, I just, trying to pitch. I was just ready to go. So, I mean, I figured, like, he's going to get in the box. And, of course, it's an advantage to me to be ready to have the pitch. You seem like you're set. All right, let's go. But, like, I don't know, I guess not. Like, I mean, if you want to, was I trying to do, like, Scherzer and, like, do it like that? But I'm thinking, I have the ball. Like, I'm ready to go. The clock's going. So, like... The longer I let it go, the more comfortable he gets. Like my job out there is to make you uncomfortable. So, and I get what he's saying about trying to make them uncomfortable. I also get that he wasn't yeah. intentionally trying to pull a Scherzer. But I found it interesting. I'm glad that question was asked because, uh, you know, of course there is gamesmanship. There are guys trying to again gain some sort of advantage or or learn what they can and can't do. But there's also just the fact that they. Like, like he said, he didn't change the pitch. He knew what pitch he was going to throw. He didn't need to take a lot of time. And as far as he was concerned, it was uh, the batter was in the box. He was ready to go. The The pitch clock creates a lot of weird scenarios. And, like, this is kind of one of them because yeah. a pitcher would never really go this fast. But at the same time, with the pitch clock running down, the longer it runs down, the more it the, it, it kind of it moves into the advantage of the batter the closer it gets to one. It, and that's kind of what happens with the pitch clock unless the fucking pitcher decides to like dick around and we'll talk about that about like yeah just letting the pitch clock run down and then the batter also gets a strike somehow <laughs> which is just ridiculous but uh this is this is not that yeah it's it's a really confusing play uh we'll continue to ask and you know see if gallon's able to get some clarification see what tori had to say after the game about this play. Um, That's a good point. Brett Johnson says, God, I want to be on a fly on the wall when Zach and Strom just talk about pitching. Or like this, like this yeah. scenario, right? <laughs> yeah. Like what to do with this. How Strom, to- and, Strom and Zach don't talk pitching anymore. They only talk pitch clock, Yeah, right? Yeah. That's the only topic of discussion in D-back spring uh, camp I right mean, now. I, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it really was because holy shit, these guys still don't understand. That, and that's the thing. It's not the players just don't understand. I feel like a lot of people involved in this process still don't really understand it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. I mean, part of adding the pitch clock is that, you know, hitters in the past, generally you kind of put your hand up at the umpire and the umpire will indicate to the pitcher that the hitters is asking for time. And then once the hitter lowers their hand and the umpire points at the pitcher and is like, all right, now, now you're good to throw a pitch. Right. But with the pitch clock, they don't do that anymore. Uh, if a if a hitter you know puts their hand up of the umpire, uh, that doesn't mean anything anymore. They get their one timeout. That's all they get. Right. Once that timeout is over, and the pitch clock starts again, they're back in the box. Uh, then you know the hitter has to be in there as of the eight second mark. But if the hitter's in there earlier than that, it's not like the pitcher has to wait until eight seconds or right. something. The pitcher can right. start earlier. But as Zach is talking about here, there's this gray area. Like, how do I know as the pitcher? when the hitter is quote-unquote ready for the pitch. Uh, Zach Zach joked with us in, a, in another part of this interview after the game, like, do I have to wait for the hitter to give me a thumbs up? 
Like, do, like, does the hitter have to like come up to the mound ready, and tell me, like, all let's right, get, I'm ready? Bring the fucking heat, I'm ready. You yeah, know? Like, it's what? it's it's kind of there's there's gray area, as as Zach yeah. Gallon said, and um, I'm sure that you know there there does exist some concrete rule on this. I hope. Um, we just don't really know what that is right now. And it doesn't sound like Zach Gallon really knows what that yeah, is either. Yeah. And I, again, this is kind of the point of doing it during spring training. Like we talked about earlier with the score, this shit don't matter. Right. So it's like, now is a good yeah. time to get it out of the way. Now is a good time to, to see what stunts Max Scherzer and his compadres are going to pull. Uh, it's a great time to have the umpires have these discussions and conversations like, all of these little quirky yeah. things that are happening should happen during these non uh, these these inconsequential games, right? If if they do, it it kind of helps them to understand it without like needing to have it all be in a practice scenario, right? Uh, these these umpires they're they're new to this and they have a lot going on. Like that's one of, that was one of my concerns is how much a home plate umpire truly has to watch. Now the pitchcom system does connect them with the other umps and everybody can see whatever. But for the most part, the home plate umpire is tasked with keeping track of a lot of things. And, yeah, and still, at the job. end of the day, they're also tasked with watching the strike zone, which, once again, makes a, a big case for them to not do that portion of their job. If they have all these other things to do now because of the pitch clock, let them do that and watch home plate when there's a play at the plate and let the fucking computer do the rest. That's... Um, uh, not even computer. <laughs> you guys know I want real robots. I want actual robots out there. <laughs> oh, Numbers, gosh. robot masks, you know, all the whole thing. But I will say, like, can you imagine? Can you imagine what a dumpster fire this play would have been if it happened in the regular season? Yes. Like, like yeah. you can't have a situation yeah. where the umpire allows something to happen that apparently shouldn't have happened, and then in between innings tells like, the pitcher, oh, yeah, like, by the way, oh, by the way, yeah, 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 you can't, you can't actually do that. Uh, in this case, it wound up benefiting the Diamondbacks because Gallon actually got the strikeout. Um, but I mean, I can't even imagine like how would the A's have felt about that right. if if you know the if Correct. the clock was not enforced the way that it's supposed to be enforced. So Brett, this is a very much a time for the umpires to figure this out as much as everyone that's else. That's a great comment from Brad about it's funny. Have you noticed that after the first week of spring training, there's a lot less complaining about the pitch clock? And absolutely. Uh, yeah, the thing, it was just it was that it was that dang game uh, between the Braves and the Red Sox. It gave people too much fire that, too that early. Just, it was yeah, like, it was oh, of ammunition. course, of yeah. course, this like the pitch clock yeah. is going to be fine. And the chances of, a, you know, a game deciding violation happening is so low. And of course, we got that on. What was that? Day right, two, day two. Yeah, of, right of the pitch away. clock. Right and so away. everyone's just yeah. yelling yeah. and screaming when in reality, I don't think you're going to have any playoff games in that infractions per game, less averaging less than two infractions. Yeah, and I, and it seems to be decreasing as well. And remember what we were told by our man Morgan Sword. That's a real human being's name. Uh, that the uh, minor leagues just took a month for the majority of the players to acclimate to these rules. There were a couple of outliers that kind of stretched beyond that. But I don't believe their time frame went past 60 days, and that's two months. So if you factor in spring training being the first month of this, before we get to, to, to the end of April, everybody is going to be fine with these rules, and baseball life will go on. Yeah. Uh, some injury updates from the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, our man Seth Beer, a.k.a. Seth Cerveza, was scratched from the lineup. Can I say that? Am I allowed to say that? I don't think I am. What? Set, uh, uh, can I, I call mean, him Seth Cerveza? No, I, I don't know. We're out of the shirt. The shirt sold out. So Seth Cerveza was scratched <laughs> from the lineup after taking a ground ball off his thumb and some drills. 
at Salt River Field. So that's unfortunate because I know he's still very much trying to compete uh, for some sort of role with this, you know, major league lineup. Uh, Pavin Smith, uh, another guy also competing for kind of a backup role. I was feeling much better and he was swaying some today. And Andrew Chafin has groin tightness and will be no longer pitching every other day, but he shouldn't miss much time, which is encouraging yeah. because I know Andrew Chafin is going to be a bit of scrutiny, right? Like Andrew Chafin in a way was kind of their big free agent acquisition. I guess and, so. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's the way that they're going to do that. He said, damn, so you're saying the beer was flat. Damn it. Damn it, Brett. Damn you. <laughs> Uh, any thoughts on Chafin though? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound like a doesn't sound like a big deal. Um, Lavello afterwards, when describing all these injuries, was like, "Yeah, nobody's expected to miss much time, so uh, you're always going to operate with an abundance of caution sure. at this point in spring training. No reason to rush guys into anything Absolutely at this not. point." Again, um, Andrew Chafin, another guy not competing for a spot, so it's not like yeah, he needs right. to have that, you know, that that competition. With, whereas there's some minor league arms that might get some more looks if, if Chafin is pitching less. So uh, hopefully somebody takes advantage of that opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, Kyle Lewis hit a digger. He did. That's awesome. He did. That's awesome to see. And here, 110 miles per hour off the bat, a 390-foot uh, home run. So, again, we foresee Lewis playing a lot of time at DH. Uh, also, Maybe some in, corner outfield. In the majors? In the majors. Is that what you're implying? Am you think I? think he'll be DHing a lot in the majors? I think so. What do you okay. think? I am still kind of... Skeptical? I'm still a little skeptical. I still think Paven Smith might have a little bit of an inside track to that spot uh, just because of his ability to back up at first base um, as well as help out in the outfield. Kyle Lewis is just not going to bring much defensively. Um Tori was actually asked today pregame, you know, do you see Kyle Lewis getting in the outfield, actually playing some defense for you at some point in spring? And he gave a pretty nonspecific answer. He basically said, yeah, at some point we'd like to see him in the field, but it doesn't sound like that's a huge focus for the D-backs, like getting Kyle Lewis out there, you know, to log a whole bunch of innings in, in left field or something before the season starts. I don't think that's where his role is going to be. Uh, and that definitely limits him, right? The fact that not only is he not backing up first base, uh, but he also might be a guy that you just kind of feel like you have to use at DH because of how good some of these other Diamondbacks outfielders are defensively. Um, yep, I agree with you there. Uh, and he was trying to hit a home run all game, by the way. Yeah. Man, the man took some very large, some big, very large swings. cuts. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, eventually he eventually got into one. It was good to see. Yeah, that's good to see. And hopefully he continues to fight for that spot. We know Dre Jameson is still fighting uh, for that rotation spot as well in the starting rotation. Um, and we talked about his lack of confidence a bit in his changeup, not utilizing it. I think he threw one changeup, one changeup, one curveball the yeah. whole game. Um, and you kind of had an idea that maybe this wasn't so much on him, maybe on his catcher, Jose Herrera, a bit. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be somewhat mutual, right? I mean, if a pitcher doesn't throw a pitch, maybe the catcher just didn't call for that pitch, sure, right? Sure. Um, uh, or it could also be that, you know, they talked pregame and Dre Jameson was like, yeah, no, I don't want to throw that. Or it could be that uh, it was called and, and Dre Jameson didn't want to throw that pitch. Um, so we did get a little bit of uh, clarification on kind of who was maybe, I don't want to say to blame, but who was kind of the uh, the main person in charge of that situation um, and, and the reason why maybe Dre Jameson didn't throw as many change-ups in that game. We have a clip on that. And we do have a clip for that. 
We do no. not have a clip. For that. <laughs> we don't have a clip. No, that's all right. Uh, no, worries. no worries. Um, but anyway, uh, they'll see that it's segments like this that are obviously brought to you guys by OGs. Uh, and so, of course, make sure to go out and grab your favorite flavor of OGs uh, wherever you get your local wonderful edibles. They are local. They're an Arizona company. We're proud to be partnering with them. And of course, they are Arizona's top selling edibles. So make sure to check out their variety. They have sleep edition gummies. They have indicas. They have sativas. And they have their brand new CBD to THC one to one ratio that they call their happy balance. Uh, it's strawberries and cream flavored, and it's delicious. Uh, OG's new strawberries and cream happy balance gummies are live on the shelves now. As always, you can find them at your local dispensary by checking out ogsbrands.com. Must be 21 or over to enjoy and enjoy responsibly. Uh, we thank you guys for being here right now in the PHNX Sports YouTube channel. You guys are the best. Uh, if you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to this channel. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss when we go live or any of our wonderful shows on the network go live. Leave us a thumbs up. Uh, because, you know, we, we like that instant gratification stuff. Of course, if you're listening to us right now on the audio podcasting side, you can't give us a thumbs up, but just do it anyway right now, wherever you're at. Give us a thumbs up. Also, uh, leave us a five-star review. We love that. Make sure you're subscribed as well on your fa favorite audio podcasting app. Another thing you can do is join our family over here at PHNX by becoming a diehard member. Uh, the diehard membership offers a wide variety of, of benefits and, and wonderful things for you as a member. Not only do you get diehard-only merchandise, diehard-only discounts, diehard-only event invites, but you also get access to this guy's newsletter, Full Count, by Jesse Friedman, as well as all the other wonderful writing from our other writers. You also get members-only hats for free or shirts, whatever merch you want, a uh, piece of merchandise from the phnxlocker.com. Every single year you're a member, you also get 20% off all future purchases over there as well. So sign up to become a member. Wonderful benefits abound. And, uh, of course, we always have new partners being added on. So, of course, uh, those discounts can always cross over to all sorts of new wonderful parts of the Valley. But, of course, we talked about it a little bit ago about the uh, pitch clock, about its impact on the game, just some of the weird, quirky stuff that's happening. It's still going to continue to happen. There's still going to be unblazed trails of weirdness and stupidity that we will only find out about once we hit the regular season, once those events occur. But one thing that's really weird, and we've talked about it a bit, is if hitters should be called for violations if the pitcher isn't even on the goddamn mound yet. <laughs> like, what are we even doing here, right? Uh, of course, the clip... I think it's kind of hilarious. It's, it is hilarious <laughs> because it like brings almost like a chess-like strategy into the play of baseball. Like, I'm going to sacrifice a ball... But this guy's got two strikes. So if he gets a violation, that's a strike, and then he strikes out. Why should I get on the mound? <laughs> and that's exactly what Yankees pitcher Luis Cervino did. Uh, basically delayed being ready uh, on the mound long enough that it would be assessed a penalty to him, but also or a violation to him, also a violation to the hitter from the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, who was on, uh, on a, a two-strike count. Uh, so thus, without a strike being thrown, the violation of both the pitcher and the hitter caused the strikeout. Yeah, I Doesn't think it's... Doesn't seem fair. I mean, I just think it's kind of a funny strategy. Like, because, I mean, it is kind of weird, right? Like, the hitter has to be in the box, alert to the pitcher at eight seconds. Sure. Even if the pitcher is not ready to throw the pitch. <laughs> and that's the so, thing. So if I'm a pitcher, 
I just I just don't get on the mound until five seconds every time well, and like, just hope that the hitter doesn't. That's doesn't what I get mean, though. Box. Like again, it's not <laughs> it's not the pitcher's job to be ready for the the hitter necessarily, right? It's more but, the other way around. Yeah, and yeah. the hitter should be in the box at eight seconds, ready to go, regardless of what the pitcher's doing, because the pitcher still has eight seconds. But don't they have to be in the ready position by the eight second mark or something like that? Don't the, the hitter? Pitcher, the pitcher. Don't the pitcher have to be? I don't think no? so. Okay, no. so they can literally just do little laps around the mound waiting, <laughs> like running the clock out, right? That's exactly what I'm saying I would oh, do. Oh, man, yes. I want it. I want it. I, I mean, it, it would be a little – it's a little bit gutsy because if you get down to like five or six seconds on the clock, and I mean, you at least want to be probably communicating with your catcher <laughs> so you know what you're going to throw. But you got the uh, pitch comm. You can just be yeah, out you there got the pitch comm. You just like send it signals. bolts onto the mound all of a sudden and, and deliver a pitch in half a second or something uh, just as the clock expires. Uh, I don't know if that's an actual strategy. I don't know if it is use, either, but, but I kind of love it. Like that's the thing that it, that we haven't discussed is like yes, Jesse and I love this shit. Like the shenanigans, the weird stuff happening. It makes baseball more fun. It makes viral clips. It makes stuff that we actually find to be hilarious. And honestly, it comes at a time where there's no consequence based on these games. We all know that the Royals are going to win the Cactus League championship. That's <laughs> obvious. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it, it really does uh, become one of those things that it, it kind of is just hilarious for a game that for so many years was just had such a stick up its butt about rules and changing stuff and everything like this is all so just brand new and it, it really does make baseball more enjoyable to watch not only is it fucking weird like that but it also like is there's it's it's faster we're getting shorter games and that's yeah. not a bad thing so far it's like today's Brett game said, was people, pretty dang long though i'm not gonna lie well the diamondbacks have had quite a few long they've had a lot long, yeah they've probably had more three-hour <laughs> spring training games than most teams in the cactus league to be honest like yeah. the diamondbacks have given up a lot of runs they've been, had a lot of long games then it's not something to necessarily <laughs> and, and every of. every inning that zach gallon pitches tory lavello goes in and takes him out only to bring him back the next inning so <laughs> that's gonna you know that's gonna drag drag out your game time just a little bit too um all right well that's not the only weird thing is the other weird thing is that these shorter games could potentially lead to lower concession sales or do they because a lot of people have been worried about that and uh, Baseball America writer J.J. Cooper wrote an article about this exact topic. And first, uh, J.J. and I agree, Jesse, about one thing. And that is, since when do you fucking care about concession sales? Why is this all of a sudden a topic that there's like thousands of tweets on? All of a sudden, fans are worried about the poor concession stands at baseball stadiums. Some fans, Derek, they're concerned. Ah! They're concerned with anything that makes a case against the pitch clock. Yeah, because they don't yeah. want. Some people don't. Like, they don't want See? the pitch clock. He they're a little skeptical. He figured you and out. So any any little hole that they can poke at the pitch clock, they're gonna they're gonna do and Stop. and. Well, what about what about the concession sales? You know what? <laughs> Fucking, we couldn't get in a single line around Salt River Fields to buy any concessions because the lines were wrapped around the building. Like those concession stands were booming. People were not shying away based on the length of the lines or how quickly the game was. And that was at a two-hour and four-minute game that went by in what seemed like a blink of an eye. That yeah. island noodle stand at the bottom of the stairs from the press box was popping. It never didn't have people on it and at it. So I mean, it's. I don't think it's a concern, and honestly, there is a time during baseball game where you can walk around 
the uh, the concourse at Chase Field, and nobody's buying anything anymore because it's late enough or whatever. Like, yeah, and not to mention the stands do close at like the seventh inning or whatever. But like, right. there, there there is a dead period after people kind of come in and we get through the first couple of innings. Trust me, I know that's when I go get my food. I outweigh you people, and then I go down and I get my food because I'm not standing in a long line. I refuse to. Uh, but with these shorter games, I might not have a choice. We might need to go and get my food very quickly. Uh, the thing is, though, it almost feels like you said. Uh, uh, Kevin says, bro, it's less time to drink beer. Bro, Kevin, it's more time for you to drink free beers at your house that you have. It'll cost $16. <laughs> yeah. um, but it it does. It's like you said. It almost feels like if we solve one issue, um, we, we do create a new problem. But the article does talk to several concession stands, several stadium workers, uh, owners of stadiums, and all minor league baseball, all that have gone through this. And honestly, people go to Major League Baseball games to watch the outcomes, I feel like, much more than people go to minor league stadiums for that. I feel like they go to enjoy yeah. baseball, go to get a hot dog, go to visit the concession stands, get something to eat, kind of hang out. It's a little bit looser of an atmosphere, and people aren't just – there's not as diehard of a, of a you know hanging on the wins and losses as there is with the major league teams, right? So for minor league clubs to attest to the fact that they did not see a drop in concession sales uh, over these these years that they've been attempting or, or, or basically – you know, testing out these rules in, in minor league baseball. And we, we do know in fact that the games have dropped by a significant margin, nearly 30 minutes. So it's fine. It doesn't seem to be impacting concession sales or or what stadiums are doing. Right. I mean, it really is on us as the fans in the stands to know that we don't have that much time sometimes and to get going over there and, and get our food. And I mean, again, it's the two hour and six minute games that might be more of the problem. But I those are that, yeah. those are very rare, and those are really the ones that help bring down the average. To be honest, I'm sure we're going to see a lot of baseball games during the regular season that time out around three hours. Still, maybe a little bit short of it. Maybe yeah. we'll see that. But it'll be the it'll be the outliers of these two hour and fifteen minute games and two hour and four minute games that really bring down that average. So overall, I, I it's just not really too big of a factor. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, it does make a difference in some sense, right? I mean, you make the game shorter, something's going to things are going to change, right? Sure. Um, But what what it sounds like happened, according to this article from from Baseball America, uh, this is a quote from a minor league team GM on the topic of concession sales. And and this GM said, we didn't see concession sales suffer due to shorter games as fans were staying the same amount of time as they normally would. But we're now just staying until the end of the game instead of the end of the seventh yeah, inning. Yeah. So you make the game shorter, that uh, people are, are going to stay however long they're going to stay. And so if you make the game shorter, then you're just allowing them to be there for the entire game rather than maybe leaving in the seventh inning. Uh, and of course, concessions wouldn't be available after the seventh inning anyway. So for people yeah. leaving at the seventh inning, they're not, you know, they wouldn't be buying anything after that point anyway. Um, I, I wonder if it's going to impact beer sales with games being faster. Like if yeah, they might I mean, have like on paper, it feels like it it would. Well, but. and I, I don't mean the beer sales just like what Kevin is talking about. I mean, I wonder if teams are going to start having to give maybe an extra inning and cut off beer sales earlier, potentially, due to the fact that the back end of the games are so short. Oh, that they is cut off selling beer because they want people, I think... It, uh, the idea there drive is that you safely sober up before you drove home. Yeah, probably shouldn't be driving if you got a buzz on anyway, regardless of what inning it was. But uh, again, due to liability and other reasons, I'm sure that that might be something that they take into consideration if this, the 
seventh, eighth, and ninth end up becoming shorter on average around Major League Baseball. But um, the difference would just be so small. I yeah. mean, you're you're talking about maybe like a fifteen percent decrease in length of those last couple of innings. So I mean, you're kind of talking about not more than a few minutes. You know, I don't know if that makes a big of an, a big enough difference. But it is interesting. I mean, on in theory, maybe you would want to you know do that like just a half inning earlier time. or something yeah, to, like, give, I'm just, to give more time. I'm not I'm not in favor of it. I'm not champ champion. I'm not behind that reason. I can't even say champion champion. I can't championing. Is that, you. that what you're trying Thank to say? You. Words are hard. You guys know I say that. <laughs> I need a shirt that says words are hard. But uh, yeah, the Diamondbacks uh, definitely need to do everything. Maybe maybe there's a there's a compromise. So like maybe leave food stands open a little bit later if it's maybe up to a certain time instead of when the innings are because that yeah. that's frustrating to me when I come down and like the middle of the eighth and want a hot dog and, and everything's it's just, closed. It's gone, it's, yeah, yeah. Everything's yeah. closed. But, uh, anyway, uh, I, I will, you know, of course, if, if this does impact concession sales around major league baseball, we're going to hear about it. So don't think we won't. That's the biggest thing when it comes to this. But I think for now, I think we're safe. I think we're safe to drink our delicious four peaks beers at chase field. Make sure to grab the biggest one you can. Uh, and also if you're here for spring training or just enjoying the spring training atmosphere, make sure to check out their tours that they have at the eighth street pub all through March over at the four peaks brewing company. Uh, they have all sorts of wonderful events. It's, it's a pop in place to be in the eighth street pub is an incredible uh, facility to check out, especially if you're a craft beer fan. They will take you on a tour and show you all of their inner workings, and it's pretty incredible. They'll also tell you a ghost story, so I think that's worth the price of admission as well. Uh, check out their calendar over at fourpeaks.com slash events for all your beer week entertainment, and grab your tickets for Four Peaks' amazing spring beer dinner. Jesse, they sent me the menu. I got the menu. Ooh, oh, we got the man. Menu. Man, it was way too early for me to be getting this kind of information um, from them, but holy cow, the spring bloom beer dinner, uh, already yeah, has chicken tendies on, uh, no there? chicken tendies, oh. but what you do get is some crispy unagi nigiri. You get some Ooh. spicy tuna poke tartar. You get some crispy shrimp spring roll. And that's just to start things off. You guys, I mean, they got all sorts of wonderful courses. It's a six course meal. Check it out over at oh four peaks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, maybe I'm maybe me and this guy show up and and get our grub on. Uh, but regardless, you must be 21 years or older to enjoy their beer and enjoy it responsibly. The six course meal that's for anybody. Anybody can enjoy that. But I wouldn't take my daughter to that. My daughter didn't even want to eat meatloaf and mashed potatoes last night. So <laughs> if it's not fucking chicken tendies or cheeseburgers, <laughs> she doesn't want it. And I I mean, she has point. to like one of the six courses. Oh right? my god, I bet she wouldn't like any of them. She complained the whole time. I can already see her face, but. Um, big shout out to our friends from Rotowire. We are so thrilled to be partnering with the guys from Rotowire. It's baseball season. You get your latest fantasy baseball news from Rotowire, which has been a pioneer of fantasy sports for over 25 years. So make sure to check them out. They have cheat sheets, they have analytics, they have everything that you need, mock drafts galore. Uh, you know how I feel about fantasy baseball. It is a long season. And of course, you need someone to hold your hand. Yeah, if, you, if you're going to do it, do it with some expertise. Have somebody <laughs> help you out. But they have not just baseball, fantasy advice on everything else and categories I didn't even know fantasy could be played on. Golf, soccer, NASCAR. Soccer makes a lot of sense. NASCAR, my wife would definitely play <laughs> uh, fantasy NASCAR. She loves NASCAR. Uh, XFL. 
You didn't get enough fantasy football season during the football season? Fantasy XFL. They got everything. So uh, the best part is for a limited time, RotoWire is offering a free two-day trial to our listeners. Uh, just go to rotowire.com slash PHNX to register. Absolutely no commitments. They're so confident that you'll like their product and want to invest in a subscription plan that they don't even ask you for a credit card up front. So take a peek behind the bay wall. And when the trial is done, you can decide if a RotoWire package is right for you. We're God gonna, bless them for doing it that oh, way. Oh, I know. That right? is such a good way to do that's, it, right? That's how you know that they're, you know, they're behind their product. Solid, yeah. They're solid company, right? right? The, they're like, the, yeah, the we know you're going to like this. We don't even need your credit card yes. info to try to, like, <laughs> trick you into paying for something you didn't want to yeah. pay for. Oh, you didn't you didn't cancel. That's not our fault. That's on you. You know, <laughs> that kind of stuff that companies do. They ain't doing none of that. So, man, man make, make sure to take... Take a look. Maybe uh, if, if, if you want to absorb as much information from them as you can, but they're always putting out great stuff. So make sure to check out our friends at Rotowire. Uh, and I need their advice on the World Baseball Classic, Jesse, because these are damn all star teams. Yeah, pretty darn good it's teams. Been, it starts today. We're so excited for this. Uh, and of course, our biggest question is who do you guys have this year? Who is your favorite for the World Baseball Classic? I think Jesse and I should give ours. Yeah, you want to go? You want to go first? I'm I'm all about uh, the Dominican Republic team. Like, obviously, I'm about my my heritage, uh, my family, my bloodline requires Turning that I Puerto Rico. I Derek? root for Team Puerto Rico, right? And Puerto but, Rico's not so bad, right? No, the pitching's not great, and and Carlos Jose Correa Barrios, play. Alec, Alexis Diaz, right? I, Younger brother yeah. of Edwin Diaz is there. Emilio Pagan. Yeah. Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman's very, very good, and I'm very excited that he's part of Team Puerto Rico. But the Dominican Republic team is incredible, and offense for Puerto Rico's a little thin. They they look uh, Javier Baez, Francisco Lindor, Emmanuel Rivera is not. I am not well much aware there, who's yeah. on Team Puerto Rico. I do not need a <laughs> reminder. It's why I'm not picking them. I am picking Team Dominican Republic, uh, and it's as close as I can get to Puerto Rico as possible. Uh, they they look very similar when you go to the two uh, countries as well. Uh, but Jesse. Uh, I think the Dominican Republic lineup is just insane. It is. It's not as good as the Czech Republic's lineup, but it is pretty good. It's not as good of a story as the Czech Republic's lineup. Yeah, uh, they got a guy named Sandy Alcantara down there, don't they, leading the way? Yeah, that guy might be pretty damn good this year in the World Baseball Classic. I'm like trying to be like, I don't know, it seems like the the DR is kind of the, the choice here. Um, Brett, Brett Johnson says team Japan, which I think is also not a bad choice. Not at all. Uh, they, you know, they certainly have had their share of success in the WBC. Um, but yeah, I mean, this DR lineup, man, is pretty insane. Stat. Even after this is after Vladimir Guerrero Jr. decided to drop out, uh, that, that news came out recently, but you've still got Raphael Devers, Wander Franco, Manny Machado, uh, Jeremy Pena, Cattell Marte. Uh, in the outfield, Julio Rodriguez, Juan Soto, Teoscar Hernandez. Uh, their pitching staff isn't is not as good, but having Sandy Alcantara in there along with Christian Javier, that's a pretty decent a pretty one too. Yeah. I mean, at this point, those pitchers aren't fully stretched out, right? Like, sure. I, there's going to be some limitations there. You're not going to sure. have Sandy Alcantara throwing eight innings in 115 pitches or anything. I don't think, but um, there probably still is enough pitching there. I'm torn between the Dominican Republic and the U.S., and I think those two teams are very, very close, Derek. It is really hard for me to pick between those two teams, but 
I think I'm with you. I think I lean Dominican Republic. The I feel like the Dominican Republic team has the edge when it comes to pitching. I feel like Team USA also doesn't have great pitching. And when I say yeah. that, I am not trying to talk about Merrill Kelly because we know how good Merrill Kelly is. I'm trying to talk about their poor decision to not even currently have Merrill Kelly as part of the starting lineup or starting rotation uh, for their next three or four games. I saw no Merrill Kelly. Mm. Is he their fifth rotation spot? Is he yeah, going to come out know. of the bullpen? What's going to happen know. there? Is he just a backup to be used? Should somebody else get hurt? What's going on? They might. Yeah, I mean, you're you're probably they probably have a few too many starters to like cycle through normal starting rotation style. So uh, yeah, I'm sure they'll bring some of those guys out as relievers. But yeah, the uh, the U.S. has lost some guys as well. Clayton Kershaw backed out, so I think they they lost some pitching depth there. Um, I like the bullpen maybe a little bit more than I like some of the starters uh, on the U.S. side. Daniel Barr, David Bednar, those are pretty two pretty darn good back-end relievers. Ryan Presley is there as well from the Houston Astros. Uh, the starters are, are kind of okay-ish, right? Merrill Kelly, uh, Lance Lynn, Miles Michaelis, uh, Adam Wainwright. There's some guys that are solid, uh, but there's no... I don't know if there's a, a Sandy Alcantara, a Christian Javier... Uh, combo yeah. like there is over with the Dominican Republic, although the U.S. is is similarly stacked on the position player side of things. They're not going to have any yeah. issues no, not scoring all. scoring runs. Not at all. Not at all. So uh, make sure to not miss out on the World Baseball Classic. It's going to happen, and it's going to happen fast. It, it's going to be like spring training. It's going to be here, and then it's going to be over before you know it. So, and and we've already gone over the weird ass tiebreaker rules where they're going to have to like have this guy come in with a chalkboard to explain the <laughs> equation that they figured out who won the game. That part might suck if it comes down to a tiebreaker because I do not like the system that they have set up. But regardless, fun times to be had. Fun times uh, to watch baseball. More baseball is always better, uh, except when it comes to game of time of game, right? Like we don't want three and a half hour games. We don't. Nobody wants that. Uh, but what people want, Jesse, you know what people want? They want more time in the bedroom with their significant other. Mm, yeah. Here we go. You weren't here the last time. Uh, my, no, no. My Mercifully, I was not. Yeah, my performance <laughs> fell a little short. Uh, my, <laughs> Golly. I, I didn't. I didn't bring my A game that day. But of course. You guys know that you all want a better sex life, and you can do that with our friends from Roman. Uh, 50% of men have symptoms that get in the way of wanting or enjoying sex. Do you want a better, better sex life? If so, you're not alone. And here's the thing. I got a flat tire on the way over here. Did I want to deal with a flat tire? No. Sometimes, you know, you're excited. <laughs> you, you know, you're, you're excited. You're ready to go. You got a lot to do. You're, you want to impress so that significant other in this case, weirdly, it's Jesse, but uh, it's just a metaphor. <laughs> My tire blew out. I didn't have uh, I didn't have a say in the matter. Right. People were raising their fist at me. You know, sometimes uh, things can fall short. Sometimes uh, your 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 vehicle, if you will, doesn't live up uh, to to the standards that you were expecting and doesn't work the way you need it to. And that's what Roman is here to help with. Roman is the digital health clinic for men, addressing a variety of sexual health needs and offering genuine medication that helps achieve and maintain a strong erection. Uh, Roman offers a wide variety of services, including discreet wipes that help you last longer, uh, test getting your testosterone levels back to normal, and so much more. So Make sure to check them out. There's no waiting room. There's no hassle. Straightforward digital experience from the comfort of your home. Uh, and if medication or testing is, in, is appropriate, Roman will send 
everything directly right to your door discreetly uh, and everything arrives in a discreet package with free two-day shipping. So make sure to check them out. And of course, to learn more about how you can achieve your personal sexual health goals, go to ro.co slash phnx to get 20% off your entire first order. That's ro.co slash phnx. And don't let a flat tire stand between you and the live baseball podcast that you have to do right that's what i'm i guess whatever <laughs> anyway you guys go out and watch some baseball it's so much fun and i'm telling you this uh i'm trying to be i'm trying to give as many people as i know the cheat code but if you want to go to spring training games and you don't want to pay some of these ridiculous prices that you might be seeing from the box office game time has you covered four dollar tickets jesse four dollar tickets I mean, that's practically free. Let's be honest. $4 is more of what crazy. you would pay for tax on a cheap ticket rather than what you would pay for a whole ticket. And you can find that over at GameTime.co. Make sure to check them out, especially the game of a day of the game, because that is when you are going to save the most. You can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy them last minute. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Uh, and of course, make sure to get out there. We want to see you guys out there. Uh, hit us up. You know, this guy doesn't, he doesn't take weekends off. This is Mr. No Days Off over here during spring training. But uh, of course, make sure to hit us up because we love to hang out with you guys. And uh, we're putting together a little fun event for a little meetup here before spring training wraps up. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. In the meantime, I'm at cap underscore caveman with a K. This absolute maniac is at Jesse and Friedman. Our show is at PHNX underscore D-backs. But, of course, all roads lead to at PHNX underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Do you know the WBC starts tonight, Derek? I think I said We've that got, a little while. Did oh, I did say you? that earlier, Damon? Uh, he doesn't apparently, I don't me. listen to what We've Derek said. We've covered that on this but show. But I'll, I'll, I'll add some specificity Please to do. it and say that at 11 p.m. Eastern time. Ooh. Eight, eight uh, so o'clock our time? Not nine. Nine? Nine, nine o'clock oh. our time. Oh, Cuba yeah. At the Netherlands. Right. You can watch Thanks that on FX1. That. Ooh, yeah. So, nice. There you we go. We got it tonight. Let's go. We got it. We got it starting tonight. Are you staying up and watching that? Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll probably be, to be, I'll probably be awake, but uh, I'm gonna, I don't know if I'm going to. I'm going to DVR it because I don't know if uh, this guy can uh, stay up that late. There's after. no there's no pitch clock. So, oh, you know, yeah, if it right. starts there at nine, no it's probably not going to be over until three in the morning or something. <laughs> so <laughs> make sure to check that out and make sure you guys enjoy the baseball on behalf of Damon, Jesse and myself. We always appreciate your time. And remember, kids, baseball is fun. But it's so much more fun when you don't get a flat tire on the way to the game.